Welcome to episode three of Now for Someone Completely Interesting. My name is Ben Poulin. I'm your host, and I'm very excited for my guest this week. Uh, he went from filling prescriptions to pouring pints, from curing what ails you to curing you with ale. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop at that one. Um, he was a local pharmacist at one time here, turned brewmaster. I, like I said, I'm happy and excited to introduce someone completely interesting, Colin Perosny. Now, first of all, Colin, before we get started here, I do want to say a big thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast. And secondly, a huge thank you for uh, making this our first road trip because we are actually recording right here at the Lakeland Brewing Company in St. Paul, Alberta. So thank you very much for, uh, for having us here. Oh, my pleasure. All right. And last pun, let's hop to it. <laughs> okay. I'm sure that's, that's not going to be the last one. <laughs> That's all I got written down. So if something else comes up, it's off the top of my head. All right, Colin, like I said in, uh, in the introduction here, you were a pharmacist at one time, and now you're our local brewmaster here at the Lakeland Brewing Company, which is your business here. How does that transition happen? That's got to be an interesting story. Well, that's a, yeah, it is a good story, I guess. It's uh, 25 years of, of being a pharmacist, and uh, the, the brewing part was always kind of in, in, the, in the back background I uh, actually my parents when I was 15 years old they let me brew my first batch of beer in the basement nice um, which really surprised me but uh, it didn't work out but of course we still drank it because it was alcoholic <laughs> um, so yeah no that's how it kind of started and 25 years of practicing pharmacy pharmacy kept me busy I didn't really have much time to brew beer you know off and on you know, on occasion but not as much as I'd like um, I was looking for a career change and it was right about that time that the Alberta government had changed the rules about uh, getting a brewing license. So prior to, I think it was, um, and I'm not exactly the dates exactly, or somewhere around 2013, um, in Alberta, to get, open up a brewery prior to 2013, you had to be able to produce, I think it was like 100,000 hectoliters a year. That's right. Which was a huge amount of beer, which meant it was a huge investment, right around probably two or $3 million to open up a brewery. So because of that, we only had six breweries in Alberta at that time. BC had probably 150, Ontario had well over 200, and we were stuck with six here. So, you know, j just around the same time that I decided to sell my drugstore, the Alberta government happened to change the, uh, drop that restriction. So that kind of got the ball rolling, and I uh, did some research, uh, did lots of research. I did some online courses. I went down to University of California in Davis, took a two-week course in the science of brewing. I knew how to brew beer. I Maybe I didn't necessarily understand the entire science of it and never would I have thought that I would be using my biochemistry that I learned <laughs> 25 30 years ago in university again um, just like anything hands-on experience was still the best way to learn so I, I made a couple trips down to Portland um, flew down to Portland spent some a uh, week with a couple different brewers there and you know I learned more in a couple days there than I could in a in weeks of class classroom learning um, just on a side note if you ever want to get drunk for free go to Portland <laughs> go to any brewery and tell them that you're from Canada and you're opening up a brewery. Awesome. Well, hey, there's always useful information we can get on this podcast <laughs> here. That's, that's just why we're doing this. I spent uh, the first day I got there, I, I had to rent a car and I went to a couple different breweries that I spoke to. And by 1030 that morning, I, I the rent a car was parked. <laughs> I hit about five more breweries after that. Again, getting tours, picking guys' brains, trying all their beer. They're willing to share recipes with me. Lo and behold, by whatever time it was at night, I forgot where my rental car was. So it was, it was a good trip to Portland. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. So to get that official designation as brewmaster, so you, you took a couple courses, but is there anything that uh, officially you have to? Well, I, sh I should correct you. I guess I, I can't, you can't, 
in in the um, the traditional scope of things, a brewmaster has to have formal training okay. from either Munich, Germany, um, or uh, um, I think there's a, there's a college in the states as well too. But you can uh, head brewer, brewer, okay. brewing technician, yeah. Because they do have a program now, like you you said, since 2013, and and the 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 microbrewery, the craft beer industry has exploded in the province i, I guess you could say yeah. uh to the point where they you can get training now i think it's olds college yeah, has, olds a college has a two-year program and i think you come out of there as a brewing technician or a brewer i okay. don't know exactly what the terminology is there okay so you 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 get what you need there and then uh how do we get to this stage where we're at the uh today with the, the lakeland brewing company itself so you open in it's july of 2016 july of 2016 we're coming up to five years here yeah um we were slow you know it took about a year guys warned me that it's going to take you about a year to open up it took us two years to open up okay uh, there's some bureaucracy there's lots of hoops to jump through um yeah it was just a you know kind of we trudged along and and uh, when we did finally open up in july we were uh, number 39 in the province that time that was you know a big number back in 2016 now i think there there's 150 operating and 200 licensed so there's another 50 in planning so we, we're really we're playing catch up with the rest of the country which is interesting because i read a book last summer and it was about this uh this industry growth here in alberta and one of the most interesting parts of where is the number one producer of barley for uh for brewing in the world, where does yeah. it come from? Yeah, right here, Central Alberta. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and, and I, I, you take it for granted too. I, I went to a, a brewing con a conference down in Denver, and I just, you know, there's like three thousand brewers from all over the world at this conference, and we're just sitting down and having lunch one day, chatting, and you know, asking where, you know, where are you from? Small talk, this and that, and these guys from Germany. Was, You're from Canada. What part? What part of Canada? I said Alberta. Whereabouts? So they want to come, you know, they want to see, I want to see this barley. This is the, it's the, the most sought after barley mm -hmm. in the world. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we have, you know, we, we've got fields of it everywhere here. Yeah. Um, okay. So five years you've been in business here at the Lakeland Brewing Company. Um, is there, in, in those five years, I, I know there's a lot of stories, a lot of things have <laughs> gone on here. It, it's been a great place. Like I said, it's one of my favorite places. Uh, me and my wife visit at least once a week. <laughs> And it's not just the beer, but the atmosphere too, the people and everything. Is there, you know, a moment or moments or just something in general over the last five years that really stand out as, as something you're, you're kind of uh, uh, happy about, a favorite memory moment or, or just something you're proud of? Uh? You know, I, and, and I get asked that loss, why, do, why did I do this? I just didn't like sitting down and having a beer with people. And I didn't really have a business plan. I didn't really have a, a forecast or anything. We just kind of flew by the seat of our pants. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I operate this at a, if it breaks even, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, but what, what I really found and, and right off the get go quite early is, is it's a sense of community. You know, I, I, can't, I cringe when people say, oh, you own a bar. No, I don't own a bar. We're open three or four days a week from 4 p.m. till 9 p.m. It's not a bar. Um, the busiest time, especially during the week on a Wednesday or Thursday, four till five thirty people just meet here for a beer after work yeah and then off they go home for supper you know it's it's i, I don't want to sound uh, sound like an, an old fogey or anything or yearning for the past but it is kind of like the way things used to be you know what and that's the feeling i get in here and i think that's the attraction to it it's 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 the the social media is eliminated from our lives for a little bit and there's people that are sitting here by themselves and all of a sudden they're just part of the conversation with everybody going it's a nice small cozy environment yeah and you know you've, you've seen our way our tables are set up at one time we used to have them in rows and i want to get back to that as well once covid's gone right um you know one big long row of tables 
you have you're forced to sit down next to somebody you may not know right or sit across from somebody and before you know it you know I, i've seen millions of conversations sparked up and friendships actually from people from out of town sitting across from each other just you know reminiscing talking over a beer and mm-hmm. you know it just it's that that was my dream this was not uh, you know not a not a bar like i said not a not a, a late night you know thing anything like that just just a, a fun place to come and have a beer yeah, and I think that you said you didn't have much of a business plan, but I think that's the best business plan ever. <laughs> Sometimes I like sitting it is, down yes. and having beer with you. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Um, you, you said a sense of community, and I like how you point that out because you've been very involved. Uh, the Lakeland Brewing Company has been uh, integral with uh, community involvement, whether it's been um, just promoting events or actually doing like fundraisers. I know we've had all kinds of charity fundraisers from comedy nights to trivia nights to uh there's been live music here so um like how many different uh groups and organizations have you been involved with since since opening up here that's a good question in the back of the brewing area i have a wall that's covered with all the posters for the events that we've had and there's over 100 there wow um you know it's i again it's just this the community was good to me uh operating a pharmacy for 25 years and my dad prior to that for 30 years and you know if this this is the least i can do to give back to the community you know even even this room that we're sitting in here upstairs in the brewery this was built and and this gets used more often than not um not not for profit uh groups want to have a meeting or or hockey teams want to have a meeting or somebody wants to have a meeting after this Mm -hmm. is a free meeting area you know and and of course you might have a beer with your meeting so who who doesn't want to go to a not-for-profit meeting i think it helps meetings move along a little (laughs) bit better sometimes or not i guess it depends how much you're <laughs> drinking with that um that's absolutely fantastic uh, thanks so much for sharing with that colin now um besides all the charities you've helped with this is what kind of surprised me a little bit last year we're doing a hockey draft here just before the playoffs and uh, there was a 50 50 draw uh, whoever won the 50 50 kept half the other half they donated to a charity their choice and the, the gentleman that won had donated to a charity I'm surprised I never heard of, but it's something that you're quite involved with that uh, I'd like you to expand a little bit more about. It's called Second Harvest. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. It's a great organization and, and, you know, we probably don't promote it enough, um, mainly because we're busy enough as it is, but it it does. So what it is, is um, we started it, I don't know how many years ago, at least seven or eight years ago. Um, All this, all the food from the grocery stores, especially the, the fresh produce, that is no longer sellable, just ends up getting thrown away. And there, there's a, there's a kind of a, a window there where it's maybe not sellable or marketable anymore, but it's still edible. So we have daily pickups at both the Sobeys and the, uh, the co-op grocery stores in town here, and they're, they're excellent to, to do this for us. Um, we pick up the, the produce every single day. It gets stored in a refrigerator, and in a uh, two or three times a week, we have a group of volunteers run by a team leader of volunteers, and they process this food, what they can. They'll cull a lot of it, but they'll process this food into uh, either pre prepackaged meals, uh, whether they cook it and prepare it in soups, different things like that. And then it goes out in the community. The volunteers who come are allowed to take whatever they want to take. Um, so it's open to anybody who wants to do that. Um, the rest of it will go to either the Manawanas Friendship Center, the uh, Capella uh, Woman's Shelter, uh, a lot of the school lunch programs are using it as well. And... I, you know, off the top of my head that the, one of the numbers that comes to mind, this was last year, we diverted 48,000 kilograms of produce that would have just ended up straight into the landfill and went around and turned that into, I think they worked out to 170,000 portions of, of food. 
When, when you say we started this, this is just your family that's no, 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 oh. it, no, no. It's myself, um, uh, Rosh and, and Shirley Stromberg, who aren't in the community anymore, and uh, a fellow by the name of Dave Robinson, who actually who works at the food bank as well. And I got to put a shout out to Dave Robinson because, to be honest, um, he's the backbone of, of of the food bank and of the Second Harvest program. So he's he does all the work. I shouldn't be taking any. Uh, any real, you know. it, it sounds like there is a lot of work involved. So if people wanted to get involved, where can they find out more or how to get contact involved? myself, contact Dave Robinson, go to the food bank. We're always looking for volunteers, certainly. Um, yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's a it, it. When I first got involved with it, I, 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 you know, the concept sounded great. I didn't realize the magnitude of it. And since the, actually since we've started, uh, I believe Lacladish is trying a, a program. Bonneville and Cold Lake have both implemented a similar program, too. Mm-hmm. So no, it's it's and it's an it you know it's you don't realize how much food is going to waste and if we can one you know one divert it from going to the landfill but two to actually turning it into uh, to a well over one hundred and seventy thousand meals. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And when we think of the food bank, I mean they they rely a lot a lot on like non perishables. So that the fact that they can get more fresh, so that when people need it, they're actually getting more more healthier meals. I think that's that's important in general too. Like that's that's helping. Absolutely. Way absolutely. down the line. And the, the effects are going to be amazing with that. Um, Colin, thank you so much again for doing this. This is going to be a bit of a shorter episode, I know. But, I mean, I, I thought it was important to get you involved in this because so many people know you. Um, Colin Prozny, he's here at uh, the Lakeland Brewing Company. You can follow them. Here. you got a Facebook page, Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's Lakeland Brewing Company. Um, with Second Harvest, do you guys have any social media that people can... We can do not, unfortunately. Okay, no. okay. so... Uh, but like you said, uh, find out more through, uh, come visit Colin. Um, he's got some great product here that he can share with you and then tell you more about second. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we, we should do an episode down the road. I just thought of this just now that, uh, every time there's been a beer on tap, there's always a great story behind it. Some have a little (laughs) bit more detail than others. But there's been so many great stories with all of You're these. You're right. We probably could spend an entire <laughs> podcast just on the names of the beers. And what yeah. what I'm thinking here, this is what I have in mind, is um, you'll tell me about the beer and the story behind it, and I'll sample the beer. That's That works for me. And I hear yeah. they're, they're pint-sized samples as well. <laughs> we can do pitcher-sized samples. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thank you so much. Someone completely interesting, Lakeland Brewing Company, Colin Porosny. Thank you, Ben.